Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Keeping It Real Fridays here on the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. We're going to get it in tonight. It's going to be one of those nights we're going to have a little bit of fun, get some things off my chest. You guys can chill, have a good time, listen to a couple of pretty good classic Ask Daydon advice questions that we uh, got submitted into the uh, the show over the last few weeks, uh, as well as talking tonight about uh, the, the, the overall topic is is tonight unforgivable, Okay. What does that mean, um, you know, in the context of dating, within the context of relationships, even marriages? You know, there's certain things, you know, that, you know, you, you forget to take out the trash, you forget to, uh, you know, do whatever. You know, you say you're going to vacuum, you don't, you know, you tell little white lies. You know, different things you can get over. Other things in dating and relationships are absolutely unforgivable. And we're going to talk about what those things are. Uh, how to avoid them, um, and, uh, you know, specifically from a from a male standpoint, I'm going to speak for some, some men and some, you know, on behalf of the men who have expressed issues uh, and experiences that they have, um, you know, caused them to give the walking papers to certain women that they were dealing with, caused them to issue pink slips, grounds for immediate termination. What are those things, ladies, that you do that will – significantly decrease or 100% take you out of the wife category. And anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis knows what category you go into once you're not in the wife category. So uh, as always, uh, we've been getting a lot of calls this week, so that's a great thing. Uh, Feel free to call in with any comments or questions at any time, uh, 646-200-0366, hit the number one in your keypad, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Courtney is here with me this evening. What's going on, Courtney? Hi, how are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. What do you think about tonight's show, Unforgivable? I'm excited about it. I am very excited about talking about it. And I think, I mean, I know it's going to be very informative. I think, um, you know, women are going to learn a lot from it. Yeah, and, you know, anyone who's a new listener to this show, you know, you, you know that that's, that's what we do. That's why we do it. The whole point is to inform, is to educate, because there aren't a lot of forums out here where you guys can hear what is going on you know, in the minds of men, why we do the things that we do, how to avoid being viewed in, in a manner that you don't want to be viewed. At the end of the day, everybody wants love. So unfortunately, there's a lot of things going on out here that um, are preventing that from happening that you guys really not e- not even are you not aware of but you're doing certain things that are unforgivable but that you think will actually lead to love Courtney can you think of anything that that you may have done in the past that might have fallen into that category oh <laughs> um lots of things um that could be something as simple as being out with a man and, you know, flirting with another man right in front of him. It could be mm-hmm. something like that. Or it would be um, it could be me making, you know, certain comments or being, you know, saying something that was just unsupportive but trying to pass it off as a joke, but it wasn't funny to him. Like that could be another thing. Just my immaturity just in general um, turned men off. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let, you know, and we're going to table this for a second. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. Um, but, you know, as always, there's some other things that I wanted to just touch on before we jump into tonight's topic, just some things that I've seen that absolutely need to be uh, discussed, a couple, couple of stories. But mainly I just wanted to mention this, you know, Kanye West, he threw a new uh, an image out there. If you guys maybe have, you haven't seen it, many of you have, I posted it on my page, where this guy is actually wearing a crown of thorns. You know, basically, you know, depicting himself as Jesus. And, um, you know, I just wanted to touch on it briefly because, I mean, it's just that's the type of blasphemy that we are seeing out here. You know, it's gotten to that level. I mean, it, you know, it's unprecedented. You know, you back in the day, you never saw stuff like that. You never saw, you know, if you saw it, it was like hidden. It was discreet. Now these guys are putting it like right in your face. And clearly God is not happy with those things. And I just want to make people aware that you can't say, all right, Kanye West is blasphemous, he's crazy, or he's disrespectful. You can't say those things, but then support the people that he supports, you know what I'm saying, and that support him. You can't support, you know, Jay-Z. You can't support Beyonce. And to be honest with you, you really can't even support the Obamas because they're all connected. They're all within the same organization, the same clique. You know, and, um, you know, it's kind of that guilty by association thing. So, you know, just be aware of this stuff. I mean, Courtney, did you get a chance to see the image that I'm talking about? Yes, I saw it earlier today. It's it's crazy. It really is. I mean, that's just, like you said, it's pure blasphemy, but it wasn't, he wasn't always like that. I'm not a Kanye fan, but I'm just saying, like, you know, when he first came out, as opposed to now, it's two totally different people. When he wasn't really that famous and people weren't really checking for him like that, he wasn't doing things like this. But when he did start this, you know, that's when you started to see him blow up, and that's when, you know, he started to get the attention from the media. So that's usually how it works. That is. That's exactly. It's funny. I was just in the barbershop, and it feels so good. Shout out to the fellas in the barbershop. They're tuned in. I was getting my haircut today, and it was just, it was about four guys in there. And um, it was just great because the guys that were in there, I see them every week, and I forget how it came up. I think uh, we were talking about that image of of, uh, Kanye, and uh, I started just educating these brothers on everything else that is going on out here, like the, you know, the 666 signs and, and other forms of satanic imagery and demonic imagery that you see pretty often in the media. And these guys were like, a couple of them, these are like street guys, you know, not really familiar with that. But then I started educating them and just like talking to them. And they somebody had a laptop in there. They started, you know, Googling little stuff. I was like, yo, well, type in, you know, type in Oprah 666, Denzel Washington, beyond, like, and everybody, see everybody throwing up the same symbol. They're like, yo, that's crazy. I'm like, yo, I said, you think that's crazy? Listen to this show that I did. And, they, and they're like, yo, I'm going to check this out. So it's really just a great feeling being able to educate people and introduce people to a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of looking at the world. And, um, you know, it's just, it's really a great feeling. So I would encourage you all, don't be afraid to talk about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, you know, if, especially if you have that information, you, you're almost required to uh, to pass it on. I mean, Courtney, I know you, even you've educated some people on things since, uh, you know, kind of seeing the light and, and figuring things out for yourself. Yeah, most definitely I have. And some people are like, wow, I didn't know that was going on. And then you have those people that, you know, want to take up for them. Well, it's just it's just a coincidence that everyone's throwing up the 666 sign. It's not really a big deal. But but it's it's good though at least that 
I'm providing them with that knowledge that, that you know, they have. Because I know at first when I had it, I was kind of, like, resistant just like them. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not a big deal. But once you once you plant that seed and, you know, people start to see it more, then it'll click. So that's all that matters. That's it. That's it. Well, look, I don't even want to spend too much time talking about the, those psychos, you know what I mean? But just wanted to introduce you guys to it. One thing I did say online earlier is that it's just kind of a um, something to think about. If you ever noticed... Christianity is one of the only, really the only religion that that is that people feel the need to, you know, make a mockery of like that. Like you don't see Kanye West, you know, anybody Beyonce, you know, making uh, references to Muhammad, you know, or Allah, you know, or Buddha. There's not that. There's not that. You know, uh, intimidation. That it just. There's no need to do that. And and a lot. I think. You know, now I think I know that everyone knows whether you believe, whether you don't believe, whether you, you know, you're down, you know, you consider yourself a Christian. Everyone knows that there is power in the name of Jesus. That's not just a, a cliche. There, there really is. Like that name carries weight. It carries power. So I think that when you know when people hear that, they, you know, if they don't believe, it's like you get that uncomfortable feeling. That's where you get that anger and the feeling, the need to take away some of that power by making it, making a joke of it, or making a mockery of it. It's like, oh, you want to have a crown of thorns? I'm going to throw a crown of thorns on my head, or you want to, you know, put yourself up on a cross or whatever. I mean, and it's that's just what's going on there. So just be aware, you know, check this stuff out. I mean, what you, any thoughts on that before we keep it moving? Like, just as far as like other religions are not targeted the way Christianity is, because it's, you know, the everyone you know always wants to talk about Christianity, but those other religions to me, they're they're not real. Like, if it's not Jesus Christ, it's not real to me. So, and then people know that, and so that's why they're not saying anything. And so, I mean, I. I I can only just, you know, agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I feel the same way. Like, that's what's going on. And it's so sad. Like, I I mean, I always knew that these celebrities were, you know, blasphemous. But when I saw that picture of Kanye a couple of hours ago, that was like, wow. It was, like, blatant in your face. There's no, like, getting around that. Like, you know what it is when you see it. And it's like, wow, like, it's getting out of hand. <laughs> it's very out of hand, but you know it is what it is. So let's, uh, let's switch it up a little bit. And like I said, we're not gonna be here all night, but I did want to do a live show with y'all just to um, you know chop it up a little bit. Um, church, church freaks. All right, I want to talk a little bit about. And when I say church freaks, I mean I'm not you know I'm not judging anybody, but I'm just being observant. But you know there are a lot of reformed. And going through reformation, okay, women out there who um go to go to church every more every Sunday morning, um, many of them are living in a state of unrepentant sin. Many men too, but I'm talking specifically about the women. And I'm I'm saying this not to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm saying this to encourage you guys to not be one of those women. Do not be one of those women where the where some of your old jump offs, the old the guys who used to make you their booty calls, go to the same church as you, and they see now they're married or they're in relationships, they're there with their kids five years later, ten years later. Don't be that woman who goes to church alone and has to look back 
at all of those men that they've dealt with because maybe your city is a small town or whatever the case is. Just don't do those things. Don't put yourself in those positions because it's very uncomfortable for you and the people that you have given your body to. And that, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest with y'all. You know, does that happen to me? Yeah, absolutely, all the time. You know, I was just talking to some people today actually about seeing old, you know, old freaks who are still freaks. You know, now I used to be a hoe back in the day. But see, it's all about changing your ways. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, Courtney, you know what I'm talking about? You know any women like that who who are who used to do certain things but have not changed? Like, you used to do certain things, but you've changed. And there's the, right. there's the progression there. Do you see any of those women, like, in church or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I do currently. Um, and, you know, I don't know their past. It's not like, you know, we've had a conversation about what their past is like or what's going on currently in their life. But I can tell just by speaking to them it's just something it's just something's not right. And so I mean, and those same women will come in church and some of them, you know, will dress will try to dress conservatively, but it's like you can still tell. It's like what was your analogy like putting perfume on um without taking a shower like after working out, you're still you're trying to cover up the funk, but everyone still smells you. So that's kinda how it is, like and granted they're in the right place, but you can tell that they're still living that lifestyle because a lot of times what happens is they'll you know they'll go out they they'll party have sex or do whatever then the next day they come to church and altar call you know happens comes up or whatever and they're at altar call every single sunday like falling out faint like the same thing over and over and becomes a cycle so yeah i know exactly what you're talking about well i mean and that's the thing and i i want to make the i want the message to be clear i'm not saying that you know, you shouldn't be in church. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you are in church, you know, or I should say if you are living a certain lifestyle, there's nowhere better to be than in church, okay? But you want to be, don't don't live in a state of unrepentant sin. Don't keep doing the same things that are going to cause you to have to keep going up to the altar, that are going to have to cause you to be crying your, your eyes out. You know what I'm saying? It's going to make you uncomfortable around certain people. You know, and the reality is a lot of people, they're looking for love, um, but it just happens to be in the wrong places. And the only place to find love is at the altar, is in, you know, living a, a lifestyle that would be pleasing for God. There's no love in sex. There's no love in the club, contrary to what Usher might, you know, want you guys to believe in his song. So just, um, you know, just chill, man. Just chill out. Leave, leave the hoes alone. Ladies, leave the niggas alone. You know, I had to make that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, Courtney. I had to leave the hoes alone, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. <laughs> Temptation on a Friday night is real. I listen. This time, nine sixteen here on the East Coast, here in Philly, I wasn't doing a talk show Friday night. Actually, funny thing is, at one point I was doing a talk show, but I would end the show and go out to the club. You understand that, guys? So you guys have to progress, all right? And that to, and the fellas know, man. The fellas know. There's a lot of talk about temptation. We did a whole show on temptation, you know, and temptation uh, to, to, to wild out. And, and the devil, will, one of the things the devil tried to do for me is he would actually tell me that you have to be out in the club. You have to be out there interacting with the hoes uh, in order to find the wife. 
You know, the devil will tell you that if you sit in the crib, if you chill on a Friday or Saturday night, that it may, in fact, me and Marv were just debating about that in the group the other day. That's one of the things the devil will tell you is that you have to do certain things to find love. The devil will tell certain women that you have to go out and surround yourself with these men, and then one of them will magically become your husband. That's a lie from the devil. That's not how it happens. In fact, you can and should sit in the house on a Friday night. You can and should uh, go to church, uh, hang out with your friends, maybe you know during the day do something productive, and living your life in a God in a way that's pleasing to God absolutely will result in in you finding love. So I just want to share that little testimony with you all and, and get, maybe give hope to some people out there, men and women, who are struggling even on a, on a Friday night. There's nothing you could be doing better than sitting right now listening to this show, uh, uh, you know, in regards to furthering your, your, uh, your goal of finding love. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? Yeah. It's like you brought some memories back um, when you were saying that. Um, you were you Friday you night had to, yeah, yeah. Well, let me get to that point. I mean, let me build up the story. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, you know, every Friday I, I um, would go out to the club. Like, I used to go out every weekend, like every single, yeah, every single weekend. But I would go through this long, intense process because in my head I'm like, okay, I'm going to find my future husband tonight. So I would take forever to get dressed and straighten my hair. It would just be just a whole whole bunch of stuff I would be doing and putting on the freakum dress and all that stuff. And, you know, I would go to the club and it would always be the same thing and it would always be a disappointment. And because it was a disappointment, I didn't just get up and leave. Like, I think a lot of our, me and my girlfriends at the time, we were just disappointed because we weren't finding what we wanted because we were looking for it. But we just would get drunk. Like, we would just drink and just party and just dance and just really just to forget about it. And, I mean, that was a state of depression for me, just getting drunk. And it was just to take my mind off of the fact that I didn't find my husband that night. Well, here's the thing, and here's it's funny. You, we hear a lot about women who go through that same type of depression in those situations from living the same lifestyle and, you know, sex and drunk and, you know, drinking all those types of things. But the reality is a lot of men go through the same exact depression. Because it, it's it's I, I can experience it. I mean, I've never been depressed per se, but I was living in a state of depression, with, meaning that that repetitive cycle of, okay, this is the night, this is the night, this is the night, this is the night, and hoping and hoping hoping to meet your you know your future wife, but leaving either drunk or with a jump off, having sex or just empty-handed, and it's just like maybe or maybe the club wasn't jumping that night, and it's just like wow. This is my life. You know, now, you know, from the looks of it, everything looks great. Everything appears to be wonderful. But there's, but see, that's, and I always tell women this. Listen, next time y'all go out to the club, really look at these men. These men are depressed. They're not happy. If you really, like, in the midst of the club, in the heat of the moment, like, look around. It will, it will appear. Everyone's having fun. They're drinking. They're dancing. Having a good time. No one's really having a good time. Really look at their faces. The men are just standing there, looking around. They're nursing the same drink they've had, or they're chugging them back, hoping to get drunk to take them out of their misery. But it's actually a very lonely and depressive state, a depressing state of being. The irony is that everyone says, oh, yeah, I'm going out to just hang out with the fellas. Well, you go out. They're not even talking to each other. They're not even talking. They're all posted up, lined up against the wall with depressed looks on their face, drinking, hoping, scoping the room, hoping to find a wife. 
but it becomes depressing because you realize that there's nothing but hoes in the room. You ever do, you ever do that quick? You ever look, actually look at the men and see their faces? It's not a look of happiness at all. Yeah, now that you um, bring that up, yeah, I did notice, like, that they didn't really talk to each other, and they stood there looking very awkward, just looking, like, <laughs> silly. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it was crazy. But, yeah, I did notice that. Wow. Well, there's nothing There's nothing more depressing than going to, like, that's your Saturday night. Like, you've gone out, you're, you're miles away from home, you know, you're out. You got dressed. You most likely spent money that you probably didn't even want to spend to go there. And um, you've come to the realization that this was yet another wasted night. And that's, I mean, that's pretty. And and that, aside from that, there's nothing else on the horizon. There's nothing else that will, you know, that, that you have to look forward to. No one to go home to. You know, and and the only thing you really have to hope for is maybe doing it all again and just praying that it will be something different. But deep down knowing that it's not going to be different, it's going to be the same exact thing, if not worse. It's a very depressing thing, actually. So so I just want to shed some light on that for you guys in in a real way because this is Keeping It Real Fridays. And a lot of women think that these men out here are living some type of glamorous, you know, life where it, you know they're they're super happy and they're just these big time players popping bottles. It's not it's not you know fun at all. It's kind of I used to gamble. Go go to a casino next time you guys are in the casino. Actually look around. No one's happy in the the casino. Why? Because everyone is losing. I don't care if they just won five thousand dollars. They still are losing. No one is up. If you're a gambler. You you're not up. I've gam- I used to gamble. I've gambled for ten years. <laughs> you know, there have been nights where I've won a thousand dollars. There have been nights I've lost a thousand dollars. I could go to the casino right now and win five hundred dollars. I still would be down immensely. You know what I'm saying? Oh, in the grand scheme of things. So it's not. You know. So I guess what I'm saying is, mo- all gamblers have that same exact story. And that's why when you look around, if they're probably actual gamblers. You know, not people who are just stopping there for you know a quick couple minutes just to see what it's like. They're actual gamblers and they're miserable. Same thing with the with the uh, the club goers, you know, who go to the club every single week and that's their life. They're they're they're, they're depressed because it's a miserable lifestyle. So not to you know not to beat a dead horse, but um, I'm just trying to don't fall into that that trap. Don't be miserable. Let's talk about unforgivable, Courtney. Mm-hmm. You want to do that? Sure, that's what the show's about. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I, I see what's going on here. I see what's happening. I mean, I think oh, it'd be a good idea. Okay, so you're trying to play me since I put that in. The, you, you want you're trying to play me before I play. Oh, it's cool. I get it. I, I had to get you early. Happening. Yeah. Get me early. All right, that's cool. Here's the thing. Let's talk about unforgivable. Un unforgivable is one of those things that pe- that I think women have largely felt like don't it doesn't apply to them it's like oh he's i'm gonna put him in the doghouse you know you do this i'm gonna kick him to the curb you know people make songs like this to the left to the left don't you ever for a second think that you're irreplaceable all this foolishness that that the media you know has brainwashed black women into thinking that they are somehow in control girls run the world single ladies Put on your freaking dress. If your man ain't acting right, do X. It's all BS. Okay, it's all BS. 
nobody is not irre is not irreplaceable. It's it's just stupid. It's a stupid song. It's a stupid phrase, and it's just, it's a stupid way of thinking. Okay, ladies, you need to understand that there are many things that you do. We're not here to impress you. We are not here to show you that we are worthy of dealing with you. In fact, it's the opposite. You are there to show the man that God has for you that you are worthy of being a wife. A man gives you a ring. You don't give that man a darn thing, okay? You don't give him anything. If anything, he's going to give you a ring. He's going to give you a last name, and he's going to give you the lifestyle that you have dreamed of since you were a little girl. So in the grand scheme of things, you don't give a man anything. That would imply that he has to earn something from you. Olivia Pope on Scandal said, you have to earn me. She, I mean, I, the irony is that she's telling the President of the United States to earn me, which is absolutely ludicrous in today's day and age where everywhere you go, the ratio is somewhere between 12 and 20 to 1. Who on earth would think that a man has to go do anything above and beyond to earn anything from a woman when there's so there's so much different things, to, so many different things to choose from? So what I'm saying is, ladies, you know, it's all about being the best woman. The Bible says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of God." Yes, that is the, a very true scripture. But the key word there is, you know, is good thing. Are you, in fact, a great woman? Okay? Many of you are not. So that verse does not apply to you because no man is going to feel as though he has achieved the favor of God by dealing with a woman who gives it up on the first night, who has a bad attitude from giving it up on past first nights, has an emotional wallop, has trust issues, has daddy issues. Okay? Those are all things that take away from you being viewed as the good thing. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some other things that are absolutely unforgivable. But have you seen that, Courtney, though, that many women unfortunately think that um, they, they have some type of in sense of entitlement for some reason? Yeah, and it's usually ironically, well, it's not ironically, I was going to say, um, it's usually the Beyonce fans are the main ones. But um, just a lot of women um, just have that, you know, that independent spirit or they just feel like, you know, I deserve the best, but a lot of times they're not the best. You know, they have some things that they're struggling with. And I I think for a lot of us, self-reflection is hard to do um, because it, it hurts. You know, really looking within yourself and saying that you need to change some things, it's it's a painful process in the beginning. So it's so much easier, I think, for a lot of women just to point the finger and say, well, you know, it's nothing wrong with me. The problem is you. You know, I'm a great woman. And so, you, you know, a lot of women walk around with that defense mechanism and, you know, have those bad attitudes because of that. And um, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, it's um, it's very unfortunate. Um, and it will only lead to what we're seeing out here in a, in, on a large scale in society is um, you know women take, being taken advantage of, being lied to, used, abused, uh, strung along, um, given false hopes. Because a man will chase a woman, you know, to, as long as it takes to get what he wants. Okay, once he gets that, then that's it. Nobody. See, and I think that's what a lot of women, women don't get. They they want to be chased. They want to be pursued. But what they don't realize is men don't pursue, nor do they chase women who they are genuinely interested in. 
I didn't pursue my wife. I didn't chase my wife. I showed a genuine interest in my wife. She showed a genuine interest in me. Then, so we, you know, we moved forward in the relationship. There was no pursuit. If there's a pursuit, that means she's running away. I am in hot pursuit of her. That's crazy. That, that I can't even fathom what that looks like. If I'm chasing you, Courtney, that means you're running away. Why would a why would a man chase a woman who's running away? Why would I be in pursuit of a relationship? That that just I mean is that is that is that even logical in any way possible? You know, the, as crazy as that sounds, you know, I think to a lot of women it makes sense because they, you know, they want a man to chase them because they want a man to, you know, care about them or at least pretend they care about them because their dad didn't care about them. So that's why a lot of I mean that's why I did it. I was play I would play those little games and I would, you know, enjoy men, you know, chasing after me, not realizing that it was only for sex. Like, because in my head I created a fantasy of, okay, they're chasing after me because they want a relationship. But that wasn't the case at all. Right. No, absolutely not. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Some women will will get that, you know, from listening to the show and just having an understanding of how men think. And other women will have to learn that lesson the hard way. So, but it is what it is. Let's let's talk a little bit about unforgivable. And I want to start tonight's topic off with uh, <laughs> this is crazy. I didn't even plan this, Courtney. You know, we decided we we're going to do this show live, very, you know, earlier this morning. And I'm this afternoon. I'm getting some um, some work done. I told you I bought a little uh, like a third car just the other uh, earlier this week, just, and I was getting some some stuff done um, at uh, Pet Boys. So I'm in the. Um, the uh the the waiting room, you know, just chilling. You know, why they had like Mari on on the on the TV in the waiting room. So I'm just chilling, killing time, you know, looking through my phone, relaxing. I see across from me there's these I'm thinking what's what's a couple and this young woman. Funny thing is she was dressed in a pretty uh classy way, like a pretty you know, she had on some nice jeans, some you know, some heels, um uh, like a blouse, you know, nice, you know, real hair, no weave not an excessive amount of makeup, um, you know, kept her body somewhat, you know, pretty much in, in shape. I was like, okay, seems like a nice little uh, nice little couple here. The guy, he kind of looked a little disheveled, but, uh, you know, I said, whatever. So I'm just chilling. Next thing I hear, you know, he's like, yeah, so he, he's asking her, like, yo, what's so happened? what happened with the car? She's like, man, you know, I got to get this down. They, they, I don't even know what she was talking about. But long story short, she was just saying how she had to pay more money because they messed up. They put the wrong part on her car, which cost her more money because she had to go to the dealership, and they were she was trying to get the money reimbursed to her from Pet Boys because they messed up the job. So this guy, he comes, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, that's why I don't even, I don't even f with, I can't f with them dealerships, man. They charge you up, and he's like actually cursing like loudly. I'm like, whoa, and then I'm like, wow, yeah, she's messing with a straight up thug dude or whatever. You know, and next thing you know, she comes out. Yeah, that, I know. I can't f with them either. I'm like, yo, this dirty chick. She's just like cussing worse than him. And last time I f with them, and da 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 da. And she's like, yeah. And this nigga I'm dealing with, my man, he ain't even doing nothing for me. He he was supposed. I would expect him to be up here talking to the manager, trying to get my money back. He can't. He, he ain't about nothing. He's a he's a you know P U S S Y. I'm like, yo, this this is like her husband. Chick had a, a a wedding ring on her finger, you know, and this he was like, see, see, 
That's why I told you not to marry that nigga. That's why I told you, see, if you would have F with me, then I could have, you know what I'm saying? I, you see where I'm at right here. I'm up here, matter of fact, I'm about to go talk to the dude for you. She's like, yeah, I appreciate that, see? Well, she's like, well, he got he got about, you know, six months. See, that nigga got six months. And after that, shoot, I, you know, it's a wrap. She's like, it's rap city. It's the, I'm like, he's like, yeah, okay. And she's all, like, leaning on him, Courtney, like, hand on his leg, like, slapping his leg. They laughing and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is like crazy, and um, and then and they're like going on and on, and she, I think he's like some type of minister or something too, and she, was, I was, he was like, the dude was like, so he didn't do nothing, that nigga ain't do nothing. What is he scared? She's like, you know, he talking this Christian s h i t, talking, he, you know, that ain't, but that ain't gonna do nothing. I don't need no no prayer. What's what he gonna do? Pray, pray for my car to get fixed. No, I need somebody that's gonna go up there and handle business. I, I was. I was flabbergasted, as my mom used to say. I mean, can you believe hearing something like that, Courtney? I'm sorry, Courtney. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's crazy. It Like, that's, like, off the chain. And usually, I shouldn't even say you can um, judge how someone's going to act, just how they presented themselves. But I don't know. Like, I just never would have guessed that just um, based on how you described her. But that doesn't mean anything just because she was dressed conservatively. But it was like, wow. Like, my question to you would be, well, I mean, did she actually know the guy or did they just meet there? Like, that was their first time meeting. Uh, that, that Not that it not matters. It doesn't matter because she's still married. But I'm just saying, like, that's. That's crazy that you are doing all of that and you're married. It's, you don't even deserve to be married, and you're talking to, about your husband like that and disrespecting him. Yeah, I mean, just and so you know, that is a great example of something that is unforgivable. I mean, and let me just tell you, and I don't know, like you said, Gordon, it doesn't matter who he was, what the situation was. You don't do that. You don't. And a lot of women think it's cute to talk about their relationships to their, their male friends. Uh, I don't care if they're gay best friends or regular, you know, whatever male friends. I don't care if it's your female friends, ladies. You should not be running your mouth about your relationship to anybody. Some women might say, well, well, who am I supposed to talk to? You keep it to yourself. You talk to God. Because the reality is these men, I don't, there's no, I don't want anyone to know what goes on in my household. That is unforgivable. Nobody needs to know about an argument I had with my wife or an argument that I've had about anything. No business. Like my mom always used to say, my dad used to tell me, this is family business. This doesn't leave this house. So there's a problem because what happens is you guys are introducing other people into your lives. So they form opinions even though they don't take just what you said and say, okay, that's what she said is going on. No, they will take what you say and then they will form their own opinions regardless of what how it turns out or regardless of what you later on tell them. They will still have those opinions. And then so when that man interacts with whoever, though, you know what I'm saying, those opinions will still be there unbeknownst to the man. And and I promise you, no man wants to feel that way. Nobody wants to deal with that. So I'm just telling you all this, word of advice, keep your business to yourself. Keep your mouth shut. Stop talking to people. Your girlfriends are secretly plotting, many of them, on your man, you know, or they're plotting and they're hating on you, talking about you behind your back. Or if nothing else, your man is unhappy. He is not okay with that. So if you really want to be a great wife, you know, respect your man, 
you know, respect his wishes, whether he articulates them or not. I'm telling you straight up, no man is okay with that. No man wants his business leaving his household. I can promise you that. Is that something you've been guilty of, Courtney? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, me as well as basically everyone I knew that just wasn't happy. Now, those women that I knew that are, you know, happily married or, you know, in great relationships, you don't know that much about their situation. I mean, you know who, you know, who their boyfriend is or who their husband is, but you never know the specifics because they keep it between them. But, like, you know, the women that just were really just, going through some stuff or just weren't just happy at all, they would just run their mouth. And I think that that really led to the demise of their um, relationships because they didn't even stay in the relationships long after that. Yeah, it, it's it's something that even if – let me just tell you this. There's a lot of things that happen in relationships that will you will know will mess up your relationship. But – you know, or or prevent you from getting into a relationship. But there are other things that even that are done in the dark that God will bring to the light. Meaning, like it's weird. It's very weird when you're talking about spiritual warfare. You, I mean, you know, just any type, anything spiritual. You have to be aware of what God's definition, Jesus Christ's definition of a great woman is. And we did. If you Google that title right there. And listen to it. We did a whole three-hour show. That show actually marked the transition and the transformation of the Data on Tolbert show, which was which is re- when we really shifted from just being a real show to going to a real show given from a biblical perspective. That that show right there was the first show of its kind, you know, uh, at that point. So really listen to that Jesus Christ definition of a great woman. And I'm just saying that if you say you want a godly man, which just about every woman does. You can't do things, you know, physically, sexually, you know, mentally, emotionally, that would be, that would make God uncomfortable blessing the best man with you. So just keep those things in mind. But that, you know, that situation was just absolutely crazy. I mean, I almost, I'm so glad they called my name when, you know, when they did, because I I just, I was going to have to walk out because I just couldn't even, like, sit there and listen to that you know that uh, that foolishness anymore. So so that's a good example of of something that's unforgivable, which is what we're talking tonight, talking about tonight. Um, phone lines are open. Uh, six four. I see a couple calls now. Go to the lines right now. Actually, six four six two zero 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 three six six at the number one in your keypad. See a call here from the six six one area code. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert show. Are you there? Six six one. Three eight zero, right there. No. Yeah. Oh, wait. Right, give us a call back. I thought she was a psycho, Court. I don't know. She's out. What's going on? Hey, give us a call right back. Well, I, yeah, I banged on her. I straight banged on her. Yeah, I, you know. You get. You get. I ask one like two times. I can't do like three. Are you there? Are you there? Are you not there? Are you there? Like, come on, like, are you there or not? Hey, what the heck? Oh, man, but no. Give us a call back if you're um if you if you're listening. Uh, let's go back to the lines. Seven seven zero. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert show. Hey, good evening. Hey, what's going on? Hi, my name is Eric. I'm a first time listener, and my wife is my wife and I are actually sitting here listening together. And we first wanted to applaud you for even having this show and putting the topic out there because it definitely needs to be discussed. So hats off to you, my brother, for even for bringing this forward. 
what I wanted to say is that if we're going to have a if we're going to have a a godly relationship, a godly marriage, even there really shouldn't be anything that is unforgivable. But I do know we live in a real world where people are um, how can I say this politely? They look for ways to discount other people. So sometimes things that are considered deal breakers aren't really deal breakers. We just want them to be. You, you follow what I'm saying with that? Absolutely. Wait, look, well, let me ask you. I don't, I mean, I, and I'm a married man myself. And let me just say, I appreciate you for being a first time listener. Definitely keep tuning in. Um, you know, hello to your, your wife as well as listening. I, I mean, I, I hear you, but as a man, we got to be honest. Are there certain things as a man that are absolutely unforgivable that you would not be able to forgive your wife for if she did, or, or vice versa? I mean, infidelity, uh, you know. Honestly, uh, you mentioned earlier how you had grown and how you used to be one way, and, and I can identify that. I can identify myself with you in that because I used to be the the hoe, as you called it, too. But my point is, as we grow and as we develop in God, I I think, and this is this is just what what I've experienced. There are a lot of times there are things that I want to do, but I know that God does not want me to do them. I'll give you an example. I had an incident. <clears throat> excuse me with my sister, and my sister had done some things within my family that I was very, very upset with her about, to say the least. But once I prayed about it, I felt that the Spirit of God was calling me to apologize to her and to forgive her what she had done. Now, to forgive her for what she had done. But I did not, honest, I'm just being real, man to man, that was the hardest thing that I, one of the hardest things I have, I have done because my wife can tell you that I cried when I called her to apologize because I did not want to forgive her and apologize. I didn't want to do that. That was not in me to do. But I felt I, I like it was the Spirit of God prompting me to do that. And I, hear, I can appreciate that, and I feel where you're coming from. But, you know, you know, this is... I know this first time we got to keep it honest here and keep it real, especially on Keeping It Real Fridays. So I'm going to switch it back, though, because we are taking, talking about this in a relationship type of context, like a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend type of situation. So I'm just going to ask you a specific situation. Honestly, man, if you walk in tonight or tomorrow and your wife is in bed with somebody else, is that forgivable? Can you still love her and be in a relationship, a marriage with her after seeing another man with her, me myself, no. Me myself, no. But if somehow through prayer or through uh, counseling with a pastor or something, or and God reveals something else to me, then yes, I would have to follow God in that. But me on my own, just in a fleshly man, absolutely not. No, I couldn't. Okay, you're absolutely I right. I couldn't. I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for calling and let everybody know where you guys are uh, listening from. We're we're uh we're near the airport in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Okay, my man. Well I definitely appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for uh checking us out. And I, I, I definitely appreciate his answer because his answer is my answer as well. And I, I you know, it's funny and I'm gonna say this for the first time. 
because I like the way he phrased it. Up in my whole life, this whole time, we've talked about this before, why men cheat, all types of issues surrounding infidelity and why it happens. You know, me, you guys know, absolutely, I can't, me personally, just like he said, I cannot do it as a man. That's not something I can forgive or would forgive or would choose to stay in a relationship with. But, as he said, with God, all things are possible. But as of right now, having not been in that situation, I, obviously I can't deal with it. I, you know what I'm saying? But who knows? I'm not to question God's will. I can't say what I wouldn't do in that situation. But as a man now, they don't Tolbert, if asked that question, that's absolutely unforgivable. That is on the list of tonight's list of things that are absolutely unforgivable. I'm just being honest, you know, as a man. But, Courtney, what do you, what do you think about that? I, I thought that was um I thought it was an awesome awesome call like I I really I really did um you know because at first I'll be honest I didn't think he was going to give that answer <laughs> like I, I I really thought he was gonna say oh yeah you know everything would be okay I would you know take her back and I don't know why I got that impression at first but I do like the way he responded and the way he answered it um, was very honest so I I like the caller. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, you know, and I can respect that. And this—that's really how um, a lot of men in today's society are. There, are, and I, you know, I say this all the time. That's just a perfect example. He's a good example of many men. In, in fact, I'll even go as far as to say most men are, or or at one time in their lives were male hoes. You know, I think a lot of women they they get the wrong idea about this show. They think this is some type of women bashing or let's talk about women. No, it's not about that. If anything, most men are out here are the problems because we as men are the reason for a lot of the emotional unavailability of women out here. Whether it's from dogging them, lying to them, cheating on them, or whether it's as being fathers who are not there for these little girls who grow up to be women who end up hating men, not trusting men, specifically based off of what they saw from their father or or, or the lack thereof. So, um, you know, it's not about assessing blame. It's just a matter of helping, you know, identify, hey, look, this is the type of life that I want, and these are the types of things that are keeping me from that life and and working together to address them and um and eliminate them from your life. But so that's that's but so that's uh what we're talking about tonight is things that are unforgivable, you know, within our flesh. You know, because you know, God can do anything. But uh, you know, I can't uh, you know, that's not a situation I can even imagine. You know, that's that's how deep it is. I can't even imagine forgiving anyone, you know, any relationship. Um, where that where infidelity was was an uh, an issue, um, so th- there's that. Um, funny thing, I actually have an advice question, and we'll talk about some more. But I haven't asked Data an advice question that was sent in in regards to tonight's show. Young know, woman wanted me to cover this uh, tonight. She said, Data, am I wrong for thinking that my man was possibly cheating on me uh, based on what he told me? He works overnight and gets off at 6 o'clock in the morning. He told me when he, when he got home at 7 a.m. that he was sleeping up until 9 p.m. to go back to work. And me, I don't believe that men sleep that long. What do you think is going on? Courtney, what's your advice on that? <laughs> um, my advice would be, honestly, if um, if she thinks he is, then he is. I mean... Usually that's the case. When you have a feeling that something's not right, you, you you need to go with that. 
Um, I don't believe that people sleep all that long either. But just even if she has that gut feeling, I really say, you know, listen to it. Because a lot of times that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and letting you know that something's not right. Right, right, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you, you don't want to ignore those gut feelings. You know, usually when you're talking about relationships and dating, when something doesn't feel right, it's most likely not right. And 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 so, things like self-esteem and uh, insecurities and you know uh, self-loathing, those are the types of things that will keep you from going with your gut, from uh, not uh, or, or cause you to ignore the red flags that you see. Because um, and where that comes from is when things are right. When a man loves you, when a man sees a future with you, when he's serious about being with you and building a life with you, things will not not add up. Okay? They won't not you know, they won't like be there won't be inconsistencies. There won't be drama, there won't be BS, there won't be the lies and you know, he will go out of his way to show you that you are the one that he's serious about. He will cut off all these girls, just like my man who just called in. I already know he. If he, if you're a, a former hoe, you know, fellas, you know, you, you, there when you met your woman. I'm not saying anybody has to go ahead and put themselves out there like that, but you know, there were some unresolved issues with some other women at the point when you met your wife. I know there were for me, and there were for all men. I don't care what anybody says. But once you get serious about that woman, those women get cut off sooner rather than later. It's not like you're double-dipping and trying to live a double life. No, but don't get it twisted, ladies. These men are not sitting around waiting for you to fall in their lap, not dealing with anybody. Okay? So, but, so what I'm saying is the men who are still in that player stage, they are still trying to have their cake and eat it too. The men who are serious, they're deleting those numbers out the phone. Okay. In fact, they're probably even having to make a couple phone calls or answer a couple calls and say, "Hey, look, um, you know, you don't call me no more. I'm actually in a relationship now, so I appreciate it if you would respect that, and, and you know, don't don't call." That's that's just what it is. Courtney, you ever had somebody had to call you and, and tell you, "Yo, leave my man alone"? No. Or a man tell never. you not to call? Nope. Because um, not at all. Because the men that I knew or the men I was dealing with. We're all in a dog stage or the player stage, so that was never something I, I had ever dealt with. Because even when they did get into relationships, they would still try to, to do both, you know, still have the girlfriend and still try to call me and see what's going on Friday night. So, so they were trying to make you to jump off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, how it, that's pretty much how it goes. And, you know, what I'm speaking of is more so how it will be, as Courtney mentioned, like when they are in that ready-to-settle-down stage. If you guys want to hear more about that, make sure you uh, look out for my new book coming out, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 365 Days or Less. Look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you want some information that's uh, readily available, you can check out my double-disc CD, What Women Need to Know But Don't Want to Hear, which is available right now at trctoday.com for nine ninety nine. Check it out if you if you haven't already gotten it. Um, what else we got here? Uh, so there's that question. I mean, but just to kind of, just I mean, it's kind of obvious. But yes, he's he's cheating. I mean, that's pretty clear. I mean, nobody sleeps that long. Um, you know, yes, yes, he is cheating, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, what are some other things that are absolutely unforgivable? Uh, we talked about 
for me, I'll tell y'all something. Lying, you know, and just honesty is a, is a huge thing for me. You know, lie because here's the thing: if you lie about, I'm talking about lying of any kind. It's like even if you lie about taking out the trash, it's like okay, what else have you lied about? Why are you not honest? And uh, fortunately for me, I have a very honest wife. You know, very honest, very a good person internally. And uh, but for many women, it's like there's there's like I had an ex who was very dishonest, uh, actually. I mean, very dishonest. Would lie about stupid stuff. It were like inconsistencies. So obviously that, you know, I had to end that relationship. But it's just like, um, for me, that that's an absolute deal, deal breaker. Whereas I know that many women in today's society, maybe you can help me out with this, Courtney. Uh, it's kind of rhetorical because I already know, seeing as I do this, but for, this, for conversation's sake, why do so many women um, forgive dishonesty? Um, the reason that a lot of women forgive dishonesty is because of low self-esteem. And so, you know, they don't love themselves, so they, you know, convince themselves that um, this man is the best that they'll ever be able to do, um, ever. And so, you know, that they just don't feel like they deserve the best. And, and I, I was one of those women. Like, I just didn't feel like I deserved the best at all. So it could be... You know, men can lie about, you know, be dishonest about the biggest things like, you know, cheating and just just really crazy stuff that most people shouldn't put up with that we do. We can catch them in bed with another woman and still say, well, you know, I still I believe that he's going to change. He's a changed man now. And you know, good and well, he isn't. But you know also that you don't love yourself and you're scared to be by yourself because you you don't acknowledge that hey God is here you're not alone you know God loves you I think a lot of people struggle with that just thinking of things from a worldly standpoint. You're right, Courtney, and you're you know you you are never really alone, but because they don't have that physical body there, they they feel alone, and it's just like oh man, another lonely Friday night. Friday nights are great. I told y'all a long time ago. One of the best things you can do. And this is the irony is that the the lack of faith will take people out of where they need to be, which is in the house, which is chilling, you know, and put them in an environment where that they, they, there's nothing but sin, nothing positive will will come out of it. Um, it'll put them into the bed of another man, the arms of another man, you know, on these stupid dates that don't go anywhere. And if you just chill in the house. You know, you find a good show that you love. I told y'all before when I was in the Law and Order SVU, I've watched just about all of them. That's a great show to get caught up on. I'm watching Lost right now. I'm watching it back to back to back, all six seasons of it. You know, I'm telling y'all, when you guys have that type of uh, uh, routine, that is when, I mean, and obviously, you know, reading the Bible and, you know, going out maybe Friday night Bible study, that may people may th- think, well, well, that's boring. No, it's not boring at all because the Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, not in your body, not in sex, not in drinking, but when you delight yourself in the Lord, then that's when He will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm telling y'all for a fact that is absolutely true. I told y'all, you know, praising God, doing this show from a biblical perspective, um, you know, going to church, everything I do is fun to me. And that's what the Bible means. That's what God means when he says to delight yourself in the Lord. 
But when you delight yourself in worldly things, well, then you're going to attract worldly men. Oh, man, Courtney, that sounds like a Facebook uh, status up there right there. <laughs> I figured you'd yeah. say something like that. <laughs> but, no, you, yeah. you're right, though. You're right. I mean, that's exactly how it is because, you know, like I said before, when I was living that worldly lifestyle, it just was very disappointing, and I was very unhappy. I just didn't have any fulfillment at all with the same thing all over again. And now, you know, I'm not in that lifestyle. I don't have, you know, a big, you know, clique that I go out with every weekend. I, I chill at the house and read the Bible. And I'm actually, I got involved, not involved, but into um, Lost. You got me onto that. You were telling me about it. Now I'm on season two. Like, so I, you know, I'm really, like, into that and just, you know, into going to church and just really learning more about Christ. And I feel better than I ever have ever, really, in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. But let me ask you this. You see how I throw that in there real quick. Right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> see, let me just tell you, you, you already know or asked you, season two, season one of Lost was just like flawless. That's like as good as television gets. I mean, come on, keep it real. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Season one was, yes, it was excellent. I can watch it back to back, yep. Yeah, it's like, I'm telling y'all, I'm just telling y'all, I'm giving y'all some life changing advice. If you're single and you're looking for something to do, Get in. There's very few shows that like will, that you can, you know, really watch back to back to back and be entertained, and will 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 kind of, you know, sustain you, you know, and keep you out of the the arms of men, out of out of the club, out of off these dates, and just chill. Because ask me, hey, they don't. Oh, what kind of things did your wife do when when she was single? Well, I'm glad you asked that. What what she used to do is, and I watched her. See, I observed her routine. Okay, like, and the irony is that during that period of time when I met her, I was in the club every night. I was in the club every weekend, partying, meeting women, and things like that. And she knows this. So, but she was still cool. You know, she was, at that point we were just we had just met, and I was still kind of coming out of that. But so you know, I found myself, and one of the reasons why I found myself really attracted to her because I found myself. Um, texting her and calling her while I was out with the homies, while I was in the midst of other women. It's like, whoa, there's something special here. It's like, wait a minute, I'm texting her all night in the club. Why am I in the club again? You know what I'm saying? I, you know, so that is how that transition started. But where, ask me, Courtney, where was she at when I was in the club? She was at the crib chilling. Chilling. Just chilling. I mean, you know, either chilling, cleaning her crib, watching television, relaxing, um, you know, bettering herself in some way, or you know, she's in a sorority, maybe going out with her girlfriends, you know, doing different things like that, just having some fun with you know, good clean fun. But there were no guys. There were no. There was not that lifestyle, that party lifestyle. And one of the things I always tell women is that if you want to be a wife. You don't you don't wait until you become a wife to act in a wifely manner. That's what so many women don't get. They say, "Well, I'm not married, so why should I act like I'm married?" Well, that's why you want to act like you're married because you want to be married. You know, if you want to, I don't know. I mean, you have to prepare for things. You don't just start acting like a wife when you find, or I should say, when when Thanksgiving comes. You don't start cleaning your crib. When you hear the doorbell ring, when your family comes to your house for Thanksgiving dinner, now you got to start that process well before the cooking, the cleaning, the preparation. 
that process starts a couple of weeks before. You know, ladies, you got to start that process a couple of several months in advance of preparing yourself to be found. Because if a man finds you or he meets you in the club or meets you when your lifestyle is a, a lifestyle that is not of a godly manner, especially if he's a godly man, he's not going to be attracted to you. He's not going to be feeling that. You know, I mean, so just think about those things. Keep it, uh, just keep it, keep it chill. Relax. It's it's okay to be in the crib on a Friday night. Um, stop entertaining these these ridiculous men. Clean up your Facebook page. If every picture on your Facebook page indicates that you live a a, a party lifestyle, well, that's going to be a turnoff. Courtney knows, and I tell her all the time, man. You know, when we were first starting out, like I Courtney's page was a hot mess. Courtney, you know. Come on, tell tell them what your page looked like. What are you talking about, crazy man, hot mess? <laughs> it, was, it was okay. It wasn't anything. No, okay. What happened well, with my page, it was um, men all on my page. So, And it wouldn't just be like in my photo albums. It would be my main profile picture would always be me with a man that I found attractive. Like if you went through the whole profile pictures, that's what it was. And it would be me in a you know, freakum dress. I really gave off that sexual vibe. Um, you could tell I was a party girl always in the club and um, always entertaining a lot of men. And and that's what came off, you know, in my page, the, the not-so-candid shots. So, yeah. What do you mean by not-so-candid shots? Tell everybody what you mean. Explain that, the not-so-candid shots. Not-so-candid shots are pictures that you uh, are trying to, you know, portray as being innocent, but they have a purpose. So what am I saying? Um, you know, I had pictures from me in Jamaica of me falling off of a hammock. So, you know, that seems like, okay, that's playful, that's fun. But the picture with me falling, it showed, it exposed a lot of my thigh. And so I intentionally put that on my page to really show off my body, but try to make it seem like it was a playful innocent photo, a candid shot, but it wasn't. It was really to show the men what I was working with. Right. I actually, you know, and I'll tell you guys, many of you know I do counseling. I I came up with that term, and Courtney is who I was my guinea pig for that term. Courtney, Courtney is who, and we laugh about it now. That's like a little inside joke we have, the not-so-candid pictures. So I'm just telling you all, you guys think I'm harsh, I'm tough. Listen, I destroyed Courtney. You know, I told Courtney, the page you guys see, and Courtney doesn't care if you putting her out there like this, but the reality is the page you guys see now is not her her old page. That's a brand-new page, okay? The, her page was filled with foolishness, and I, that I called her out and I said, Courtney, this is not cool. That, I said, what, why are you showing off your body? I said, that's not, that's not just you falling off a hammock. That's you showing off your body. And I'm, I'm telling you all this story because many of you out there, have those same not-so-candid pictures. And I'm not stupid, okay? Courtney's not stupid. These men out here are not stupid. They know what you are doing. It's obvious. It's not just a little, like the, the, the bathroom pictures, the duck face pictures, the cleavage shots, the booty shots, you know, the pictures with you and with the, out there with other men who you feel as though are handsome, which you think will make men look at you as being more desirable because you are on the arm of an attractive man. No, all that does is it makes us look at you as a hoe. And it takes away any chance that you have of us taking you seriously. Now, you know, I'm just telling you, see, see, men don't compete for a woman's heart. 
Now, men will compete for a woman's body. But okay, like meaning if I see you with another woman or excuse me, another man and he looks like he might be hitting it. See, a man will have no problem being the other guy to hit that. We don't care about that. But if I think that another man is hitting it, I'm not even going to think about getting your heart. That's what y'all got to realize. Make, it's impossible to make a man jealous, ladies. I don't even know where that term came from. Nobody gets jealous. Okay, the only thing you do when you try to make a man jealous is you piss him off to the point where all he wants to do is have sex with you and nothing else. You're just taking yourself out of the wife category. My wife has never tried to make me jealous. You understand that? So if you try to making a man jealous will not make him act right or not make him want you more. It'll just make him want to do what he's doing even more, which is most likely playing you. So think, and I know I'm, I hate to say it like that, but literally I know everything there is to know about dating and relationships, be, mainly because I've experienced it personally. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying because I know what I'm talking about. I've had jump-offs. I've had friends with benefits. Many of you will are, et- are eternal jump-offs, mainly because of the way you carry yourselves. But if you want to change, I can tell you exactly what to do so that a man will look at you as a wife as opposed to a jump-off. So there's that. But back to the, uh, you know, back getting back on topic, though, as far as things that are absolutely unforgivable, you know, Courtney, you mentioned a classic one, trying to undermine or question our manhood. That is something you never want to do. You got remember that Courtney? We did a classic show on um, a couple years ago, actually, on jumping the broom. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, listen, guys. If you, I know, I don't know if Tim's listening, but Tim's pretty good at posting these links. Somebody Google. Jumping the broom on the Data on Tolbert show and post that in the group for me so people can uh, listen to that in their uh, free time because that was a very good show that dealt with what it looks like and how you will be treated when a woman tries to demean or undermine a man's manhood. You never want to do that, ladies. Never. You know that other another great one is is my special on how Stellar got her groove back where we were talking about how. Um, Angela Bass's character was just destroying Winston's uh, manhood, just like playing him and disrespecting him publicly and trying to make him jealous and just, just absolute foolishness that, that real men, elite men, would never put up with. That is absolutely unforgivable. Never question our manhood. My wife, we debate, you know, we go through, well, I shouldn't say we debate, but, you know, she will express herself, you know, behind closed doors. But, you know, she, she knows. I mean, it's just a matter of dis, of, of respect. You know, you you don't debate publicly. You don't um, question your man. You know, these are things that my wife, I mean, my uh, mother, I never grew up seeing my mother and my father argue, never, not once, my whole life, never, still together to this day, never seen them argue, not one time, never. Can you believe that, Courtney? Not once. Wow. Never. Wow, that's great. They may say little things playfully and, think, you know, joking, but... Never. It's interesting. Now I think about it, never, not one time. Ne- you know what I'm saying? And that's excellent. And that's how my wife and I. You'll never see us argue publicly. And that's the uh, one of the even my 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 uh, mother-in-law and uh, my father-in-law who just passed away last year. You know, rest in peace. I never saw them argue publicly. You know, and that's how it should be. A lot of this stuff. That's you know, my grandma. You know what I'm saying? Grandfather married over 70 years, never saw them argue. 
You see, when you sur- when you're surrounded by positivity, you you have no choice but to live a positive life. You know, and so you guys, you ladies, got to stop that, man. Arguing in public, fighting in public, cussing each other out, being smart, having an attitude, man. I'm telling y'all, like, you better attitudes are unforgivable. Y'all better leave those attitudes, get rid of them. I'm telling you, I don't care who made you, man. One of the next live shows we're gonna do is is part two of of Are You an Angry Black Woman? We did a classic show, but with that title several years ago. And uh, but we're gonna do it again, Courtney and I. And um, so li- look out for that because there's a lot of anger amongst Black women in the in the in the Black community, and um, there are many. And we're gonna talk about the roots of it. We're gonna talk about why so many Black women are angry, why where these attitudes come from, where the promiscuity comes from, where the f love mentality comes from, you know, and how they will be will be uh, perceived by men looking for wives. So definitely just mark you know make a mental note of that uh that show coming up early next week. Uh so definitely you don't want to question or undermine uh manhood. Another thing that a lot of women have a tendency to do is um threatening to leave the relationship. Okay? I used to have an ex who used to do that. Like she had a she had a really bad uh menstrual cycle or whatever. Like every like once a month, we would break up like once a month. You know what I'm saying? Like she was just a psycho. Like when it, when it was that time of the month, like she would just be like, like go crazy, like just blow ups. I can't do this anymore. I can't. And you know what? You know I can't, I just can't do this anymore. You know I this. You know what? No, it's I, I'm done. No, that's it. You know I'm like, oh, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> like what are you talking about? And she's like, no, I can't do this anymore. It's over. And, you know, back in the day, I was just it, we got into a cycle. You know, where I kind of knew, like, all right, it's that time. I'm like, oh, is it that time? She's like, no, it's not that time of month. It's not that time of month. I, I just can't do this. I'm sick. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, storming out, <laughs> slamming doors. All right, well, look, just call me when you get back to the crib. You know, let me know you got in. Say, text me when you get in. I'm not texting you. It's over. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll see you, see you next week then. And that's just what it was. But she would be serious. And so she was a, clearly a psycho, and I was a psycho for being with her, to be honest with you. But um, that is unforgivable. Many women, in the heat of an, an argument, will say, you know, they will say, I don't want to do this, or I can't do this, or it's over. And it will be a breakup, but they think that, that, it's, that it's cute to handle the breakup or the argument in that way in which it seems like it's a breakup. And ladies, a lot of you don't, understand the the magnitude of that because we as men when we love we love hard and so when we are with you we want to know that we're with you and there's security there and i can tell you my wife and i we have had some knockdown drag out fights over the over the years but never not once has she ever said it's over or even alluded to it being over. Even when I said some things, I'm not perfect. I have a bad temper, to be honest with y'all, in case you may not have known. I've even said some things that I should not have said. And my wife is a better person. And I, you know, she's, you know, when they say my better half, I, you know, I mean that. Because I used to be a bastard. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but so I'm just telling y'all, there's certain things that you don't ever want to say, even when it gets bad even when you want to say some things because what that does is it it breaks that bond it breaks the 
the trust. It breaks the sanctity of the relationship. It's like, whoa, I know we've been through some things, but you're talking about ending it. That's uh, that's pretty serious there. Courtney, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I used to, you know, I used to um, think that women did that. I didn't think it was a big deal. Like, I used to think, oh, okay, you know, if you say that, eventually you'll get back together and everything will be great. I didn't know that, you know, you guys actually, you know, took that to heart for the longest. Because, you know, I used to play games, so I used to think that was cute. You know, doing stuff like that was cute. And uh, some a lot of women still think that that's okay, not knowing that after saying that, that they're being viewed differently. Mm, yeah, no, that, yeah, and that's that's the key. You're being viewed differently. Because once we know we're with you, it's like, okay, cool, I can work with this. We're having some issues, but we're going to work it out. Like me and my wife, no, it was like we were never really going to break up, ever. You know what I'm saying? It was not, that that wasn't an issue. It was like, okay, you know, all right, you're going to sleep on the couch tonight, but, you know, whatever, you know. And, and that's just what it was, you know. I, but it was never that taken to that next level where a lot of women take it. It's just like you know you're together and you know you're not going anywhere. And that's really one of the main ingredients to a successful marriage, to a successful relationship, meaning divorce is not an option. Breaking up is not an option. And when you have that in the back of your head, you really have no choice but to make up and, you know, but to handle certain situations in a in a positive manner because it's like, you know, you're not going to sleep on the couch forever. You're not going to give each other the silent treatment. You're not going to avoid each other. So you might as well get back on good terms so you can go back to doing what you do best. I mean, doesn't it sound like a better plan, Courtney? Yeah, it does. It's like, who wants to be mad? Who wants to argue? Who wants to be uncomfortable? Who wants to have tension? Nobody. So just um, you know, just apologize. It doesn't matter. You know, nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to look down on you. Oh, you're a punk. You you know, so just do it. Sometimes I apologize. Sometimes she apologizes. It doesn't matter. It's all about, you know, the makeup. Uh, so there's that. Uh, what else? Courtney, I wanted to ask you. Uh, would how how would you deal with you know somebody having a baby outside of the the relationship? Would you be cool with that? Not cool with it, but I mean, would would you? Is that unforgivable? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> that's that's not gonna work. <laughs> it's a wrap. That's so no, I don't even. You said what? So, so no way that you would uh, like deal with it or try to deal with it. No, I mean, I don't have to try to do anything. No, I'm leaving. There's <laughs> no we can try to work it out. No. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So, that's it's interesting that you said that because so many, there are literally so many women out there who will you know, give themselves, take, you know, go somewhere, have a nice cry, you know, uh pray about it, go to their pastor about it. It's like how can we work this out? Like work it out. Like making it work, make it work. It's nothing to make work. This, I mean, I know that's unfathomable to me. You know, I can't even imagine something like that. But for many people, uh, as Courtney said earlier, that that self esteem, the insecurity, um, you know, it just uh, caused you to do some really not so good things. So just get that self esteem weighed up. Love yourself, love God, have faith in God, trust in God, and really everything will work itself out, and you won't have to put yourself in situations where you will uh where you'll settle uh what are what are some other things that are unforgivable here um allowing other men to disrespect your relationship 
ladies. We did a classic, classic show. I know the couple who's listening in, they said this is their first time listening, man. We've we've done some classic shows out there, man. If you guys get a chance, uh, just listen together. I really suggest just listening together to my special on Tyler Perry's Temptation because we talked about, um, you know, a lot of the ways to build and maintain a successful relationship but specifically many of the things that women can do to destroy a relationship and things that men can do that will lead to the destruction of a relationship, as well as how third parties can interfere in a relationship. And, and when that happens, some things that both parties, men and the, the, men, the husband and the wife, should do to avoid that and, and, and make that a non-factor, a non-issue. And um, so definitely, uh, if any of you guys missed that show from a couple months ago, or not, well, like a month ago, a couple weeks ago, when the movie came out, man, that was a classic three-hour show. Um, but, you know, ladies, when you allow a man to, because cheating is one thing. Obviously, cheating is unforgivable. We, we've established that. But if a man is flirting with you, if it is absolutely essential for you to let that man know definitively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he has absolutely no chance with you. Many of you think that even though things may not be going well in your household, that it is okay to entertain other men, even if you keep it in a, on, at a certain level. And I'm trying to tell you, ladies, even keeping it at a certain level is unforgivable. You need to nip that in the bud, deal with it, eliminate it, and, and whatever issues that you and your husband have, you need to work on those without somebody interfering. There's no place for friends who are non-platonic in your relationship whatsoever. And there's no place for new friends, building new friendships, getting to know people. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really... It, it's crazy how you know people can really let the devil come in and infiltrate. You know, you may think it's not a big deal, um, just you know talking to like you're having problems with your husband or whatever, and you see someone at your job, a coworker that you think is attractive in those water cooler moments, and you know you find yourself entertaining them. It's like you can't do that. Those situations need to be nipped in the bud. You can't bring people into your marriage. You know, people that really can have a, a, a really um, disastrous effect on it. Like you really just need to work on it with that person that you are dealing with that you're married to. Right now, now Courtney, I, I'm looking at this thread in the group here. You know mm-hmm. the, the 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 live show thread. You mm-hmm. talking about posting a picture? No, I'm not posting nothing. <laughs> no, it, it it says right here. I thought it says should you post a pic, and you and everyone is saying yes. And then I said. Um, if it wasn't showing so much, I would. So I changed my mind. All right. It's nothing wrong with being delivered. You know, I'm just saying. You know, you know, you don't I, want to. I I know that. I know that. But uh, not that. Not that one. Just not I that. just feel it's a little too. It's too a little too revealing. Now, if the group was like all women, that would be totally different. But it's not. So I just right. don't feel comfortable with that one. Okay, absolutely. Well, no, you got to do what you um, feel uh, comfortable with. Um, but, yeah, those pictures are real. 
You know, those pictures are real for many of you. You know, and um, you know, just don't do them. Don't 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 take a picture that you would feel uncomfortable posting at a later time. And it's funny. Here's I'll tell you a quick story. That crazy psycho ex girlfriend that I had. I want to. I should put her name out there, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that. But she was a psycho. Um, many of these stories come as a result of this young woman uh, and my experiences with this young woman. But one story in particular was I was at her crib one day, and she she was not there, and I was looking for I promise you, I was not looking. I was not just snooping. Like some of y'all just snoop. I was not doing that. That's never been me, I promise you. But I was looking for something specific that she told me to get and to look for, and I came across something that I was not supposed to come across. And what it later became known as was her freak bag, okay? And in this hidden freak bag were were pictures uh, from college, all types of pictures, like just of her in her hoish days that I didn't even know existed. I'm talking about, you know, pictures with like just multiple men, random men, leg up on them at parties, like, you know, uh, just men Palming her, you know, booty. I'm just like, look at her in bikinis, you know, dancing, freaky, bent over. I'm just like, yo, who is? Because now when I met her, this was someone who was, you know, a woman of God, you know, in the church, uh, you know, respectable, classy. You know, I'm thinking, oh, wow, I got me a good girl here. Here she goes back to her college days. I'm like, yo, who? what the heck was this? And, um, yeah. You know anything about a freak bag, Courtney, a hoe bag? <laughs> yeah, full of those pictures and yeah. I actually um burned a lot of my old pictures cuz I I just they were so bad. Like just ridiculous. You, you couldn't just throw them away? No, like I had to be dramatic. Oh, because, okay, all right. All right. Because all I, right. I don't know like it was just like I couldn't believe like just looking back on it. I just really couldn't believe that that was me. Like, I used to throw parties, and, um, like, for my birthday, we would have, like, male strippers, and, like, the pictures from that party were so ridiculous. And so I had them all, like, not in a bag, but, like, in a box or something like that. So, yeah. All right, Courtney, you you realize this is keeping it real Friday, so you have to keep it 100% and tell us exactly what was going on. Like, this is the night that, you you, you know, we don't sugarcoat. <laughs> We go above and beyond and keep it realer than most nights. People want to know what are you talking about. So what what did the pictures look like? Basically? What pictures had to be burnt? Pictures of naked men. Pictures of men licking whipped cream off of me. Um, pictures of um, at my party. It was like I mean we had all had clothes on, but it was like simulated sex. So, it, you know, it was like some girls, like, sitting on one of the strippers' faces. It was crazy. It was like, it was crazy. I mean, they all had clothes on, but it was just, like, so freaky. Everybody was drunk and wild, and that's really what it was. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, I, I, you know, I'm messing with Courtney, and, um, you know, I had, I have all types of stuff from, from back in the day. So, I mean... 
that's what it is. And I'm just and I there's certain things that I even regret. There's certain things that Courtney regrets. So I'm just telling y'all now we have listeners who are eighteen years old, twenty one years old, fifty two years old. We have listeners of all ages from all over the world listening to the show. I'm speaking to everybody. If you have to have second thoughts about doing it, then you shouldn't do it. You know, I know women who will swear up and down at the at where they're at now in their life, married with kids or whatever, that there are certain things that they didn't do in college. There are certain things they, they would just like to pretend didn't happen. Oh, but trust me, they happened, and they're on videotape. So I'm just being honest out here. It's deep. It's definitely deep out here. Um, let's keep it moving. But, yes, un- unforgivable. What else is unforgivable? Um, actually, yeah, I think that pretty much does it for the uh, – oh, a couple of things. Actually, one more thing. But I did have a question. Courtney, how do you feel – and somebody asked this, um, posted this in the group a while ago. I wanted to touch on it. Trips out of the country, you know, <laughs> should those types of trips be taken – with the without your your uh your your mate your significant other, um, I I don't think it's anything wrong with. Well, are you talking about like just a woman taking a trip with her girlfriends? I mean, I don't think that's a big deal. Like, what's yeah, like the deal? I, I don't think it's a big deal either. I I don't like, think it is, but I I know you know how those exotic trips can be when you're not. And, you know, in that place, like when you're not emotionally available and when you are just buck wild, and that's a different story. But, you know, if you're in a committed relationship, if you want to go on a, you know, a trip with your friends, why not? Yeah, I mean, anyone who would have a problem with that is um, is in a relationship, male or female, is in a relationship where they don't they don't trust the, their mate. I mean, it's plain and simple. I mean, if somebody's going to cheat on you... Um, then they're going to cheat on you. That, that's just what it is. They don't have you don't have to go out of the country to cheat. You could cheat with somebody around the corner, you know. So I mean, the reality is you have to tr- have unconditional trust. Um, otherwise, you have nothing. And I mean, I remember when I first. I think the first year of our uh, my relationship, not the marriage, but the relationship. Uh, my wife went to Aruba uh, with uh, with her sister. And uh, and that was just a trip they had done like every year. I mean, like okay, they were I think they were there for a week. All right, whatever. Like have a good time. I see you when you get back. I went to the Dominican Republic for my bachelor party with the you know with uh, the homies. So you got to be able to have trust. You got to be able to have trust. Otherwise, the relationship is destined for failure. You want to do a couple ask they don't advice questions and then uh, get the heck up out of here. Yeah, go ahead. I got a good one. I got a couple good ones here that I wanted to um, touch on. Before I do that, though, I, I'm looking at it, something I posted online about chivalry, and uh, we did it. We've done like, several shows over the years on chivalry and is it dead? Is it not dead? You know, how do men feel about it? I just I wanted to make a mental note to touch on it for you guys tonight, and I said that uh, chivalry is not dead at all. Uh, in fact, it's only dead for women who don't respect their bodies and who don't have a great personality and clearly don't have uh, emotional availability, 100% emotional availability. See, see, what's happening out here is that women, you know, chivalry, men have not changed. Men have pretty much stayed the same over the years, okay? What's happened is the women who those men 
were used to seeing back in the day no longer exist. So what's happening is before, you know, when my, when my grandma was around, even with my mom, you know, women were not doing the same things that that you see today. So because men were still looking for wives, they would say, okay, this is a this is a woman who I who is worthy of chivalrous treatment, and so I'm going to treat her in a certain I'm going to treat her as such. But nowadays, you got women twerking, women are giving it up on the first date. Women are coming right out and telling you, I don't need a man. Well, who in their right man, right mind would tell a man that they don't need them, but then still expect chivalrous treatment from that same man? Does that make any sense? No, not at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's comical. I mean, you have women doing, I mean, she, see, a lot of women have no idea what chivalry is. And I'd encourage you to listen to my special on chivalry. Google chivalry on the Day Don Tolbert show. Uh, and I know we did a classic show on that. And, and unfortunately, many women have never experienced chivalrous treatment, and they really have never even experienced respectful treatment. The men, they're used to being blatantly disrespected, you know, used for their bodies, used for sex, lied to, dog, cheated on, things like that. No honesty whatsoever. So they're not even used to getting respect. So when they get someone who is respectful, then they are mistaking that for chivalry. Chivalry is so far above and beyond just respect, it's not even funny. Chivalry is what is reserved for truly special women. Some women will say, oh, he opened my car door. He's so chivalrous. No, that is not chivalry. Opening a car door is not chivalrous. That's just being a gentleman. Okay, ladies, see, a lot of of women are scratching their heads right now. We're like, well, I don't understand. I thought that was... No, that's the stuff that you are taught to do as a man. Walking on the outside of the street so that, you know, your woman does not... A car does not run up and, and, and destroy her, you know... That is that. That's just what you're supposed to do as a man, okay? A woman walking down the steps is, you know, you, you assist a woman walking down the steps. You see an old woman crossing the street, you know, you you, you know, you help her. That's just like being a gentleman, you know. Chivalrous. Let me give you all a quick example of chivalry, okay? Chivalry is, you know, now everybody's got their notepad. Like, oh my God, what's this? What's chivalry? Yeah, chivalry is a good example of it would be a man um knowing that your birthday's coming up and you've never you know been to the opera and so what he will do is you know have a limousine pick you up you know rose petals all throughout the limousine you get a limousine ride up to New York City. You go to Broadway. You know, you have a nice night. You get back, you know, to the hotel room to find a poem written for you. Um, you know, a bubble bath waiting for you. Um, you know, like things like that that are above and beyond. You know, truly not just gentlemanly things, but things somewhere out of a a a, a romance novel. You know, literally, if there's a puddle a man laying down his jacket so you can walk over it. Something so out of the ordinary, something crazy almost that would seem like that is true chivalry. 
Do you see the difference between the two, Courtney? Oh, yeah, but I used to not know the difference. <laughs> I used to think just opening doors um, was chivalrous treatment. Like, oh, my gosh, he opened the door for me. He's going to be my future husband. Like, a lot of women think that. Yeah, it's um it's unfortunate, but um and that just goes to, to goes to show that you know there's a a serious discrepancy as to um, what women are thinking is going on in the minds of men and, and what is actually going on in the minds of uh, of men. Um, so there's that. Um, another thing that somebody wanted me to touch on, if and this is a question I was sending, if a couple breaks up, but the someone kisses. Or has sex, or let's we'll say the woman in this case, but it can go both ways. But if if two people break up, and the woman has sex or kisses or or some form of physical contact with a man in that situation, um, but then, you know, once you, you guys make up and are talking about getting back together, is that something that you know a man should take? You know, he would take back if it was a if it was a female. Courtney, would you take your man back in that situation? No. Because if we're breaking up, that means that, you know, there was something about me that, you know, you weren't feeling. So I feel like if a man is viewing a woman as his wife, there will be no breakups or, you know, just a a cycle of making up and breaking up. It's going to go smoothly. It's not going to be, oh, we break up for a couple weeks and I have sex with somebody else or you have sex with somebody else. Love doesn't look like that. So I'm not accepting that behavior. Right, right, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's hoish behavior, um, period. You know, if a woman has sex with somebody within, like Angela Bassett in uh, in Waiting to uh, Exhale was a hoe. A lot of people don't look at it like that, but she her character was a hoe. Make no mistake about it. She broke up with her husband, had a big fight, you know, that same night went and cut all her hair off, went to the club with her friends, and ended up in the bed with uh with with the guy. You know? That's that's a ho that's hoish behavior right there. You can't you don't you don't just have sex with people you just meet. That's hoish behavior if you if you do that. And so, you know, you want to you know, we as men I I'll say this because I want to be realistic about it. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say that Everyone feels the way Courtney feels in that situation. I do, but I know that everyone does it, and there's a lot of breaking up and making up going on. So all I'm saying is if you're going to break up, obviously, hope, hopefully you don't, but if you do, never do things within that breakup, whether that's trashing his crib, you know, bashing the windows out, throwing a brick through his uh, back window, Courtney, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't try to play me. No, no, you played yourself when you told that story. I mean, you might as well tell the story again. Which you, I mean, you threw a no. brick. No, for real. You you threw a brick, a brick through your homie's back window. Yeah, I did. Right? I sure did. Yes, I did because I caught him having sex with another woman, and instead of just walking away and just you know um, being mature about it. I was very immature and threw a brick at his back window. And I went to the store to try to find some spray paint, but luckily they didn't have it. I was just, I was about to just go crazy. What the heck? Yeah, it was a psycho. Yeah, I did it. So, what, what were you gonna spray paint? Um, <laughs> I was a. I, uh, 
Okay, what I was about to say, it's not funny, but what I was going to spray paint was bitch on the hood of his car. I, yo, I, something told me, something told me to say, are you going to call him bitch? Yo, why do women, yo, I'm going to tell you something. This chick, why she called me, She women will try to undermine your masculinity um, at, at any, any, by any means necessary. Like when y'all get your hearts broken, you don't just want to cuss us out. You want to make us. Like, try your best to demean us as a man. What's that about? <sighs> um, honestly, because it's like we know that you all don't care about us, but it's kind of like a last resort, like a last attempt. Because, um, you know, because our, our hearts are broken. Instead of being mature, we just do stuff like that, like hoping we'll hurt your feelings. We can't hurt a man's feelings that really doesn't care anything about us, and I wish that more women knew that. Like, these men don't care. They don't. Yeah, they don't care. I remember once I broke this young woman's heart, and you know, I, I told her it was over, and to stop calling me, and, and you know, she had to really get to the uh, realization that it was over. And she tried to come at me. She, oh, okay, fine, that's cool. You limp dick nigga. I said limp dick nigga. I, I, I said limp dick. Nigga. I said I wasn't a limp dick dick nigga last night, was I? You know what I'm saying? But. That's like it's that type of stuff, like calling him a bitch or you know, insulting his, you know, uh, his manhood. And you know, ladies, all that does is make you look bad. She didn't hurt my feelings. Courtney spray painting bitch on his hood would not have made him feel better. All that means is he probably would have got his homie to hook him up with the auto body shop, and he probably would end up making a couple hundred dollars profit from you know the insurance claim. So don't don't make it easier for a man to walk away from you. You know, if you guys, I always refer back to this classic scene in Waiting to Exhale where Angela Bassett ran into the boardroom, smacked a white chick, caused a scene, <laughs> acting like a crazy chick. He All he said was, you know what, thank you. He said, thank you for making this easy for me. You know what I mean? And that's all and that, that's a classic scene because and nobody talks about that scene. Everybody forgets that scene, but really that's one of the most important things that women should take from that movie is that when they wild out, when they act a fool and and burn clothes and, and do stupid stuff, act immaturely, that doesn't hurt us. None of that stuff hurts us. In fact, it makes it easier for us to walk away from you and to feel better about the decision that we made, which was leaving you. That's the craziest thing that so many women don't get. So, um, But th- hear that, listen to that, and um, you know, don't, don't be that crazy woman. Like I said, we're going to talk about um, the definition of a, an angry black woman and really where that whole thing comes from. Uh, so, But, yeah, I did want to talk about uh, that, that situation. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the the unforgivable uh, things that I wanted to discuss. And we can do a couple advice questions and um, and then get ready to wrap it up. I got a date with my wife a little bit later on, but I I, I believe that's TMI. So, um, you know, I guess we'll just... I guess we'll just keep it moving, huh? You know what I mean? Hey, look, this is Keeping It Real Fridays, all right? Uh, let's see. Which one should we do here? Um, here's one. I've been in a relationship for almost four years with a man who's 39 and I am 33. He's been married for seven years. They have no kids in common and they divorced right before we became friends in 2008. 
Also, uh, there are two women who are the mother of his his children, two different women. In the late summer 2009, I was invited to come to one of his sister's cookouts. I admit that it was a nice gesture, but at the time, his 15-year-old daughter was having an issue with his divorce. So me being the person that I am, I wanted to respect her and continue to play non-existent. Well, when he had them on the weekends, I wanted him to have time with his daughters. When he had a talk with her about him dating, she quit talking to him for months. His 15-year-old daughter still continued to stay over this ex's house, which is not her mother, and I still thought that I would play it safe and give her time to want to get to know someone else, being me. Uh, this being the first ever, my first time ever dating a divorced man, I wanted to respect all that was involved. His daughter could have easily thought that I was the reason for their divorce. I figured that she had a had built a type of relationship over the years where she trusted his ex-wife, and she still called her mother. Ever since that time, I didn't go to the cookout. Uh, he has not invited me to another family event. Now it feels like he has a separate life, his family and then me. He took it as though I didn't want to be around his family or try to get to know his daughters. I wasn't insecure at all until his youngest child's mother started texting him and emailing him about her now failing marriage. I started to question him about why she was discussing her marriage with him instead of her soon-to-be ex-husband. Um, and he no longer talks about marriage with me as he did the first couple of years in our relationship. In fact, he just recently purchased a home in the same county as the recent divorced mother of his child. He he tells me that he needs to make sure his daughters uh, had something, if anything, was uh, to happen to him. Isn't that what life insurance is for? I feel like now we have absolutely nothing to look forward to together. He's not going to want to purchase another home anytime soon, although he says that he can use his home as a rental property. One last issue. We can't be friends on Facebook. His youngest child's mother is always posting pictures of her and their daughter together on his wall, posting comments on this wall, uh, or they will commonly like the many different categories uh, on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. Um, I realize that it could be a good thing to have a friendly relationship when you are co-parenting, but how far do you allow this to go? I thought that I was smart by defriending him uh, so that my insecurity reasons wouldn't start to grow any larger. Sometimes I can't voice my opinions or concerns without him shutting down completely. I've asked him if he sees himself getting married, and the response he gives me is not anytime soon. Anytime soon can be taking, taken many different ways. I often feel like I'm the one being punished for his failed marriage, if that makes sense. I never doubt him, and I'm his biggest cheerleader. We're great together. I love him, and I want more with him, but the feeling I have a feeling that he's not there anymore. I'm auditioning for the part to become his wife and not getting the same audition as a husband in return. Please help. I need some advice. Am I wrong for thinking that he's only going to treat me the way I allow him to? Am I being too negative? Should I just walk away? Thanks for your time and consideration. 
Courtney, what's your take on this situation? He's smashing those other chicks. Like, it's so obvious. It's very, very obvious. And um, also, he's just not viewing her as a wife. You know, they were, what she say, that we were friends first or something. Okay, red flag number one. And then she said they were together for four years. Why are you with someone for four years and... You know, he hasn't mentioned marriage. Matter of fact, she had to bring up marriage. Anytime you have to bring up, you know, well, what do you feel about marriage? That's synonymous to, well, where is this relationship going? And so you know how you always say that when we bring have to bring that up and when we ask that question, where is it going, it's not going anywhere. And so, it, I mean, she needs to leave. He's having sex with other women and, and it's so it's so very obvious, and those women are very territorial. It's like they're staking their claim. That's why they're on his page. That's why they're liking the same things. It's saying, yeah, we're having sex, and he is mine. Like she 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 could do so much better, and she needs to walk away and really just work on herself and just do some self reflection so she doesn't have to deal with um, the situation ever again. Well, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean. Any time, ladies, and we talk about this type, these types of issues every night. I mean, if you are having to ask a man where where is this going, ask me how many times my wife had to ask me where this was going. Never. In fact, she was totally caught off guard when I proposed. And the reality is, and even you know, we talked the other night about you know the planning of the wedding, uh, that whole process. That's something that we as men are not going to have to be coerced into, nagged about. It's going to be something that we are passionate about when we love you. If Now, if we don't love you, you know, if we are smashing other women, then no, there's going to be, the, we're not going to want to have that finality to it. We're going to want to leave things up in the air. We're going to want to, you know, not have the Facebook profiles linked, not have any, you know, public uh, contact with you or introducing you to the family and bringing you around to those types of events or, or talking about marriage, making plans. All those things stop, you know, once you have gone from the wife category to back to the jump-off category. You know, and that's, we talked about what that looks like because if you ever make that transition, other people will go into that role. Because remember, just because a man isn't looking at you as his future wife doesn't mean he's not looking for a wife. So someone is going to be, as she put it, auditioning for that role. It's no longer her. But there is someone else out there. Obviously, in, in this case, it appears to be uh, the uh, you know the ex, his his child's mother. So um, you know the fact that you know the young woman even has to ask this question is a pretty clear sign that you know it's over, and only someone who is severely emotionally unavailable, dealing with self-esteem issues, would even stay in a situation, seeing how it has deteriorated over the years. You know, that's where Satan has a hold of you and says, you know what, you can't do better. There is that fear of being alone. The lack of faith of, uh, in God is there. And um, it just it's just a really bad place to um, to be. Ladies, you can never, it's, I can't say never, but well, you, you, can, you, can, you can never compete with a child's mother. You know, like if you're, I mean, and what I mean by that is if he has feelings for her still and it comes down to you or her, Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's gonna go. It's gonna go to her. Now, if he's over those feelings, and that's a whole different ball game. But if it's like a, a neck and neck type of thing, he's going back and forth. You know, he he's not gonna choose you. Okay, it's just not gonna happen. 
So um, acknowledge that and, and, and always ask yourself, do I really want to be second best? Do I even want to compete? Because I'll tell you, I tell you guys every night, elite men don't compete. We don't, you know, once there's the, the, the presence is known of, or the presence of another man is known, it's, you know, it's a wrap. I was like, oh, okay, he can have you. You know, I'm, uh, we talked, we had a big debate the other night, um, a couple of weeks ago in the group about men fighting over women. I mean, for what? You know, there's no need to do that. You know, if, if, it's, if it comes down to that, he can have you because I'm not competing. Any th- any last thoughts on that, uh, Courtney? Anything else you want to add? Oh no. Mm-mm. Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, and here's the unfortunate thing that all, that will also shed some light on it. Uh, she mentions her age here. Now, now I'm not somebody that's caught up in age, but I know for a fact that for many women, age is often associated with the fear of being alone. You know, she she says, you know, I've I've been in a relationship with this guy for four years. You know, this is that's a lot of time. That's from thirty five to thirty nine. And and just so you know, when you stay with someone, when you get with someone at thirty five, and you know you're going to be with them for the next several years, you you are thinking that's going to be marriage. Nobody gets at, at thirty five gets into a dating situation thinking it's going to be temporary. Now that's that's time you're making a decision to cut off every other man and every other opportunity for a husband and putting all your eggs in that one basket because you know, I mean, especially if you want kids, you're going to have those kids. That from 35 to 39 is that's it. After 40, I mean, you can I'm not saying it's impossible, but very few people have babies after 40. So I mean, if if she was thinking of having kids, she was hoping it was going to be with him and getting that marriage and 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 when she sees that that's not going to happen, you know, it, there's that's where that reluctancy and hesitancy to move forward and cut that off after four years at the age of 39, you know, and uh, this is something she's having to compete. This is a guy who's been married for seven years. She says, um, you know, he's only 33, so he may think that he's got you know more time to make that decision where she's thinking like yo this is desperation mode i'm like about to be 40 she's trying to make something happen he's trying to just chill and um that's the real reasons why so many women stay in these types of uh unhealthy toxic dead-end relationships and, uh, you know i'm just saying ladies, ladies don't don't uh don't be that woman don't ever allow yourself to be strung along indefinitely for a man who who clearly doesn't see that future with you and and who you know doesn't see the future with that's the crazy thing like she knows this man doesn't plan on marrying her and some of you know he has no plan on marrying you but you still stay why do they stay Courtney? because i mean it's it's a lack of lack of faith you know you're really listening to those words you know that satan's saying in your ear that you know, you're getting up there. You might as well just ride it out and just wait. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, ladies. You don't have to ride it out. You don't have to, you know, wait. You know, you you don't have to uh, waste time. God has someone better for you. It's just a matter of you believing in it and, and um, you know, being willing to take that leap of faith. Now, what happens is a lot of women, they will try to distance themselves emotionally where you know they will 
they'll say, all right, well, we're together, but once I meet somebody else, I'll just jump ship and, and, you know, hop on with him and, you know, be with him. That's not how it works. You're emotionally unavailable. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You try to do that, I mean, that's when you end up meeting the psychos, the guys who string you along, and, you know, there's only one way to do it. There's no, there's got to be a, you know, a, a period of time that's devoted to healing um, and dealing with any issues that are, that were caused. <clears throat> if that doesn't happen, it's just going to be downhill. So I think we, um, you know, I think we covered everything we wanted to cover. Um, Courtney does counseling. I do counseling. Check out the website, trctoday.com. Shoot either of us an email at daydon at trctoday.com or uh, Courtney at trc. And uh, we can set up a free 30-minute emotional availability assessment. This is the last week for our $99 special, one month of counseling for $99. Uh, take advantage of that. That's about 50% off the, the normal prices. So come come check us out. Um, call 855-55-DATON anywhere in the world. And, um, you know, we look forward to working with you, man. Like So we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Any last-minute words of wisdom you wanted to share with the people? Yeah, just wanted to say um, to, to the women that were listening, you know, if you feel that you can identify with the behaviors that we discussed that are unforgivable, you know, definitely um, don't ignore it. You know, take the time to do some self-reflection and really, you know, work on developing yourself and, and, and just, you know, just to work to becoming um, a better woman and just really, you know, trust God in in the process. So definitely take heed to everything that was discussed, and you'll be fine. That's it. That's it, guys. All right, well, look, thank you all for uh, tuning in tonight. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. Um, We'll be back live, you know, one day next week. Tune in tomorrow night for a classic rebroadcast, Sunday night classic rebroadcast, and we'll uh, pick things back up live next week. We'll probably throw in a a brand-new barbershop talk. It's been a few weeks since we've talked about, uh, you know, talk with the fellas, and, um, one topic I definitely want, we still got to talk about how to spot a man on the DL. That will probably be the next live barbershop talk that we do. So I promise you, you don't want to miss that. So thank you all for tuning in on a Friday night, and I will see you all next week. Peace.
Shit. 